Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Hey, I'm Ricky Felix, and this is my Golden Hour. Oh, oh God, what's going on? Where am I going? Oh. Dad? Yes, my son. I am Deuce, the Deer God. I'm so confused. Who am I? Derek. Your true name is Dercules. Dercules. Wait, what? Yes. You are Dercules, the god of the forest. Season 5. Hosted by your favorite podcast host, Big Bochi. You already know the deal, motherfucker. What's up? And the double clap signifies the start of an episode. Will, that, will his double clap throw it off? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> you almost blew it, man. Oh, shit. Nonetheless, before I introduce my guest on the right, and before I introduce the producer in the building, hey, everybody, this is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast, and listen, if you by chance get any sort of value from this episode, whether you laugh, you cry, you're entertained, or you learn something, dude, bro, just share it with a friend. And if you don't have friends, you shouldn't be listening to podcasts. You shouldn't. This is great. <laughs> We're this back, is, man. This is great. We've glowed up. Oh, my goodness. Nonetheless, before I introduce my guest, who else is in the building today? Yo, yo. It's Abu, a.k.a. Big Fresh, checking in for another episode. But today, you're Abu 617 because it's a producer episode. Facts. Yeah. When you're, when you're in the Golden Deer camp, you're Big Freshikins, but... When you're on, on the old machine MK2 pad or whatever they call it, you're a Boo 617. <laughs> yep. And on my right. This is great. Hold up. Hold up. I'm going to give you something proper. Don't worry, bro. This is great. <laughs> on my right, I have a young man who I met probably this time last year, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. We were in Phoenix down. It was a hot, sultry winter day i was about to say it <laughs> it was actually freezing i remember giles said he was like or maybe it was you you're like dude this is the type of winter that sucks the life out of your skin <laughs> i started yeah, dying that's laughing. A fact. do you remember there was a stretch like this time last year and it was so cold yeah. for like two weeks yeah. man bro we haven't had that yet oh my goodness knock on wood knock on wood wait hold on let me introduce I you i want to say go ahead and so <laughs> there was about six men in the building or five, and it was a really crammed room. And I remember asking, I had just known that um, Luke had gone to the Dreamville sessions, and I didn't know that much about what was going on in Brockton. And then you guys were like, yeah, we have like a record label. And I was like, oh, what's, it? Like, what's the name? You're like, it's Van Buren. And I was like, that's, the, I was like, that's the weirdest fucking name for a record label ever. It's <laughs> like, what the hell? And then after that episode, dude, you guys just started taking so much action. Oh, my God. And I was like, yo, oh let's go. Oh, my God. And um, we had met last time, but this is my guy, Ricky Felix, producer for Van Buren. Wow. You want to give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do? Ricky Felix, producer, songwriter, slash DJ, slash vibe curator. <laughs> <laughs> Vibe curator, man. Um, representing Van Buren. You know what I mean? Those are the people representing Brockton. What's Brockton's area code? 508? No. Oh, area code? Yeah, 508. I was thinking about zip code. So you, you came this morning, you came from the 508 to the 617. Oh, man. Two hours. It took you two hours? Yeah. Woke up at 715. <laughs> You're ready to go. Oh, my God. What? Is that early for you, 715? Yeah. 
because I get back from the studio at like two. Are, so, are you studio in the studio nightly? Every day, no bullshit. Every day, every day. And so for you, like going to the studio nightly, what is your like? How do you assess progress? Is like, all right, I'm gonna get a beat, one beat done every day, night, or progress. Progress comes from like, how do you feel at the end? Like, if I feel drained, like I have no more energy, I know I did something good today, because like. Like I like I always assess it kind of like if I if I leave the studio and I'm like still like happy, I I fucked up because <laughs> like I'm supposed to be drained like I'm talking about like eyes closing while I'm walking, so that's how I assess it because sometimes I make a beep sometimes I make four sometimes I don't make any, but it's like if you if you did a lot your body should be drained for the day. See, I'm the same way. Like, it's really sick. But it's, like, it's sick. I'm only happy if I'm miserable. Like, it's, so, it's weird, Get on dude. the dot. <laughs> on the dot. It's weird, too, like, just thinking, like, about music and how, like, it's so time-consuming. Because, like, I always say, like, if when I'm making music, like, four hours is, like, 30 minutes to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so... But at the same time, it's very soothing. That's why I do it because it's like it's a therapeutic. It's therapeutic. You know what I mean? Just having that one day where you just inspired to make music. It feels great. You know what I mean? So I always try to get those days in while I can, while I'm young. So you are one of those dudes who could like lock into the studio for like a twenty hour session. Oh, that's easy. Really? I've done it before. I've done it before. Twenty hours for sure. But in terms of you being productive in the studio, what would be like a good hour limit for you? What do you, uh, like, are you like, yo, okay, I got a six hour studio session. I know I can get a lot done in this session. Yes. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Because it depends on who, who's in the studio, who I'm working with, because some people have like a very like fast paced motion. So much is very like calm, relaxed. I want to get one done every two hours. It all depends. All depends. But like I said, if I go home and I'm not drained, I ain't do enough. So. And so we were kind of talking about this beforehand, but you, I remember when I had all these Brockton artists up, everyone's talking about the sound labs, but you guys have your own studio now, all Van yeah, Buren? Yeah, yeah. So the the studio that we have now, uh, we had since 2018. So we had it for about two years now. So the sound lab was very like, we didn't really use it as a studio space. It was just more of like a venue to us because we'd always throw shows Excuse me, at the sound lab. And so it was when we recorded, it was like we used to do at like, you know what I mean, the, the makeshifts studios at the houses and stuff like that until we got our own space. So that's how it was for like two years before. And did you build up the studio yourself? Like you made it acoustic, brought in all the equipment. Oh man, that was that was the I'm not gonna take any props for that. I'll take I'll give that to Luke and Samir. because uh, yeah, that's their space basically. They they got the space together. And then we just came in and, like, you know, did what we had to do over there. You just exploited it. Man, <laughs> man. Shut up. I'm going to take your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Before we keep going, though. Please. Golden Deer. Amazing. Thank we got you. a boo here. We got Connor here. We lit. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, I learned about these guys for a year. They're great people. So if y'all not tuning in, y'all are nasty individuals. Fat. Thank you. Fact. That was kind. And I remember the bro the, the same um when y'all did the, the the Luke and Giles one, the space was cramped as hell. It was mad tiny. <laughs> and man, it was cold. It was, we, well, bro, don't speak too soon. It's gonna get cold in here pretty soon. It ain't gonna get cold in here, bro. 
I've had episodes where like, I actually couldn't feel my fingers at the end of Jesus it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're grinding, bro. Christ, We're in the man. back of the warehouse, baby. If you don't get a heater, where's the heater in this bitch? Well, the heater would pick up on the mic, bro. Oh, you're right. You hated that. Okay. Yeah, you got that. You got that. So, in the past year, so we're talking about like progress. How how do you think you've progressed personally on both a producer tip and like a personal tip? Um, like, have you grown, do you think? Yes, I have. I, I think growing for me was more like, it's kind of weird because when you grow, you don't really see it until like you look back. Like when you're growing, you don't ever like experience, like you don't ever like witness this like, yo, I'm growing right now. I'm doing, it's just like you work for like a year straight. And then when you look back at that year, you're like, damn, I did a lot. Yeah. And so that's what it was for me. It was like, just, I was more aware. I was just more focused on what I wanted. I had a, yeah, I had a more clear vision on what I wanted. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of people like, especially at my age, cause I'm 21, they're, they're like aimlessly looking for something. But me, I was like by eighteen, I f- I knew what I wanted to do, and last year was more like a like a focus, like okay, this is exactly what I need to do. This is the ride I want to take. Let's go for it. And it was, it's, it's good. So yeah, I've grown a lot. It's- and you'll realize, mind you, I'm 24. You'll realize year by year, the vision just gets a little bit stronger every oh, year. Oh, for sure. Because you're just like you're in repetition, yeah. So you'll you'll start to feel it. You're like, oh my god, this is second nature to me because like this is who I am and like this is what I'm doing. Yeah, Abu, how old are you, bro? I'm 23. Oh my god, you're the young one, bro. I'm the young boy. <laughs> I think yeah. I think you're saying you said the same thing like a lot of people like older than me say like you just get more in tune with yourself and you just know what you want out and, of life. And when I was 21. I would definitely look at 24 at the time and I'd be like, bro, that's like so far from now. Like, I'm like, well, no, it's the truth, dude. Like early when I had started everything, like 2021, I was always like, dude, I need to be at this point by this point, X, Y, Z. And like, I'd always feel like, dude, I'm running out of time. But over time, you kind of start to develop a little bit of patience and you start to be a little bit more calculated. How do you, um, do you, do you feel like you're patient? Um, it's funny you say that. I think that was part of the growth as well, was learning how to be patient. Because especially in the music world, like <laughs> it's funny because one of my homies dropped a record that we that I made, like the beat me and my homie made in like 2017, and he didn't drop it till the end of 2019. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, why did this drop? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that was like the patience aspect that I needed to learn. That seems a little too patient, bro. God <laughs> damn. You two said, and a half years. Two bro. and a half years for the record to drop, but it dropped. And I was like, yo, I imagine. Yeah, the dude's like, got a family now, bro. He's got like two man, kids and a wife. Three kids, <laughs> nice house. You know I mean? <laughs> it was ridiculous. But I was just like, yo, this is the type of shit you have to do, especially like with artists that you want to work with. Like, they, they're very, artists are very like, Particular, in particular, indecisive. Like we just we trying to figure out as we're going along. So it might take two months for the record to come out. It might take two years, but you have to be patient because if not, it's, this is going to eat you alive. So what did you get done in the past year where you're like, all right, yo, I'm pumped about that. Um, working with Dreamville twice was like ridiculous for me. Oh, you went back after after I had seen you. After yes, you see me. I went back to Atlanta. Because you were there for that initial golden ticket phase. Mm-hmm. And then we we went, we came back, and then 
we went back to Atlanta in June, and then we went and uh, we went to Dreamville. Well, we did a, a camp with Dreamville for Luke. Luke's the upcoming. He's the upcoming one, but he's really good at what he does. So we went back. He had Lute, a L-U-T-E? Yes. And um, What song was he on on the, the collab tape? The first one. The first one, Under the Sun. Under the Sun? Mm-hmm. He, he had Nobody Under the Sun. Got him. Yeah. Got him. Got him. And he had, um. it was that one. I think it was on, he was on Sleep Deprived as well. I think it was on one more. But Sleep Deprived was like my favorite song out of that. That was um, him, Omen, and Davion. And I had worked with Davion as well. We dropped the record together uh, later that year. And it was just dope being part of like that whole process and like seeing the relationships that we have just like grow. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I went back in June with uh with Luke and Andrew and we had went to uh this is a studio called Doppler over in Atlanta. And we went over there and he had like a whole the whole all the session players, flute players, trumpets, sax, any instrument you can name, someone was there for that. And we just made just the dopest music ever. It was amazing, amazing. So yeah, we went back twice. In those two situations, I was just like, yo, this is... I'm not going to say I'm um, I'm a brag about it, but y'all got to feel me. <laughs> like, it was like, it yo, was y'all, y'all got to feel me, man. Like, stop it. I'm here now, like, officially. Uh, so, yeah, that was so super dope, super dope. What did you get done in the sessions? Just a couple beats or... Um, we, got a, we got a lot of records done. A lot of records done. Um, With vocals on it. Yes. And it was just more like... The thing about me... Is like I'm not really, I'm always about like the person first. Like the music always like is here, but when I'm working with artists, especially people that I really really like, I always want to get to know them first before we make music because it's like super important. I don't want to be that guy that comes into the studio and then I'm just like, hey, how you doing? And then just plays beats and then we, no, I'm trying to. Could we come in, we talk, we eat food, we laugh, we cry, all that extra shit, and then we make music. Because that's all those emotions that we have will spill out into the music and it'll just make classics. classics. You ever, when was the last time you were just bawling your eyes out in the studio? Um, man, uh, During the sessions, me and um, Ron Gilmore. Ron Gilmore is like one of the best producers in the world. And he's like, the, he's Dreamville's like main producer. Um, me and him were making a record. And before that, it, no, boy, I got a lot of stories from that, if we can get into it. But um, before we even started making music, I had I walked into his um, into the studio that he was in, and he was just, like, smoking, just vibing out. He was, like, we were just talking, and he had told me, like, yo, I played the keys on, like, one of my... He played the keys on one of my favorite songs ever, Marcy Me on Jay-Z's... Uh, 444. I love that song. Oh dude. my lord. That's one of my favorite. You like that song, Big Fresh? Marcy Me. Not too familiar with that album. Oh, oh it's a classic. great album. Classic, dude. classic. So he that's one of my favorite songs ever. And he's just like when he told me that, mind you, I was very like um above the influence. So I was just very like just he, I was happy to be here. And then he told me that and I was like, wow. And then uh right after that we started making music and I was just like as he was like creating the record, I just like put my head down, had a little tear. Oh man, just, like, you were just man, like, oh, tear of joy. Oh my god, tears, tears of joy. I was like, yo, I'm really here, like my favorite producer ever, like super crazy. So 
yeah, that was the that was the time I was like, yo. That's fire. At that moment, I think that clicked on me like, yo, Rick, this is what you want to do for sure. Because that feeling of like, it's just so much, it's like, it's like overflowing with joy. So I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do forever, for sure. Wow. Yeah, man. It's dope. What else came from the sessions? Um, Just a lot of relationships. A lot of... um. Is that like half the battle for a lot of young artists? Because like, I feel like that's what you guys are doing a really good job at. It's like linking with tons of people and like shaking hands. And See, that's the thing with like, when I tell like producers, like when producers like ask me questions and stuff like that, I always say like, yo... You have to know how to talk to people, like it's in everything, bro. That's what that's what life. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's with life. You need to know how to use your voice <laughs> to get you to new places. You have to because there's only so much I can do with music. There's only so much like I can play you beats. I can play you music all day, but if I don't, if I can't vocalize like ideas with you, if I can't bounce ideas back and forth with you, what's the point? Or even before that, like if I can't even have a conversation with you, what's the point? Like, it's so crazy. Like, I see people like, and for me, like talking was like always part of me. Like, I was always, I'm very social, like when I want to be. Um, but it's so funny seeing like people like trying to figure out how to talk. Because you could talk to people, but there's, like, a way to do it naturally and mm-hmm. just do it, like, just organically rather than, hey, bro, how you doing? Oh, Connor, here's my Instagram. You follow, me, follow me, man. Hit follow me in the DM, big Hit dog. Me, let's link. Let's build. It's like, <laughs> let's build. I'll see that and be like, Goals. God damn, man, <laughs> stop. Stop. I, I'll be honest. I'm going to sound, like, really insensitive when I say this, but I, a lot of people, specifically artists, will hit me up and be like hey like i'd love to get on the show oh man well no that's okay but i hate when people say let's work let's work. I'm like what and it's crazy it's like what is the work bro? what is work and it's funny uh, this is a rapper i'm like let's work because <laughs> it's funny because me and abu when i first met abu it was just like it was lit because we what show was it oh my god it was summer vibe last summer summer vibe yeah, yeah, yeah. so i pulled up seen abu Say hi to each other. We said we conversation. He taught me how to DJ for like five minutes. I started spinning, and then from there, that's my man. So and, and now you're DJ Felix. And now I'm DJ Felix. He, he DJ got, Ricky on the sticks. He, yeah. He inspired me to get me a nice little, uh, you know, what I mean, DJ controller and start start doing shit. Because he started, he's just showing me the the ropes, and I'm like, yo, this is kind of fun. I'm having fun. Big Fresh, do you ever? I don't know if you ever give yourself like a big like dick swing, but like, bro, he's you the are man. you're insanely multi talented. He's dude. a man. <laughs> He I mean, is the man. Abu's the man. He needs to know that. Fact. Bro, bro, he can he knows how to develop apps. I mean, so I think that all just stems from like what I would call like an imperfection of mine is cuz like I have a hard time like asking or telling people to do certain things for me so I'm just like, "All right, let I me learn it. it and do it myself yeah, and like I feel that. I feel get it done kind of thing." Yeah. I agree. Cuz kind of like it's kind of like you don't want to rely on people yeah. because if they fail on you, then you have nothing. You, you can't at right. a certain point. No, 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 no. You got to get your shit done. You have to. So, But like also I feel like if you want to operate things at a certain scale, you have to like delegate and kind of be able to manage I'm, like people. Yes. I'm trying to get that. better at it, yeah. you know. It's hard. It's it's hard. Like getting, especially because um, I'm, in, I'm in a group called Van Buren. You know what I mean? And it's while making music, having fun. How big is the group? We are, you see, I'm going to fuck this up because I'm not good with numbers. I think we are, I want to say eight deep 
don't quote me. There is me. There's Giles. There's Lord Felix. There's Meech. There's Luke. There's Andrew. There's Shelby. There's Mo. There's Saint Leor. Nine. Got him. Uh, is there anyone on the chopping block? Like, right? Are you ready to give him like the blood imprint? Like, uh, hey, hey, man. It's crazy because yeah. Andrew had just he just became Van Buren, so. Damn, you guys are holding out on Andy. We was holding out on him, <laughs> but it was official. It's funny how we you were did making it too. him work for it. It was funny. <laughs> it's funny how we did it because we um we had just came back from we, we did the show over here uh, a couple weeks ago, and so right after that, um, what was brother, he thinking the whole time? Man, it's crazy. <laughs> He's probably right? so pissed. So we we had we just just finished the show, and then my brother had a show at um what's the what's the bar down there? I think it's Sally's. Yeah, Sally's. Sally's. So we ran over there. We couldn't get in for like the first hour, and it was cold outside. Eventually, we had to sneak our way in, and then my brother just finished like performing. Giles grabs the mic, and he's like, yo, I want to introduce y'all to the new Van Buren member, Andrew Regis. And I was like, huh? Oh, shit, this is going down right now? I ain't know none of this, but I'm like, I guess. And then we just- Would you hold his hand up? Yo, Andrew, this is the chosen one. Yo, I tell you, Andrew was the most confused man when we got back to the, to Bronx. I was like, yo, bro, I don't, I, I didn't plan this. This is all Giles. So, but now he's VB. So, so was there an initiation process? Um, we slice your hand. That's what I was gonna say. And we grab a piece of you, just like the mob dudes beforehand. <laughs> uh. Yo, God is it? <laughs> Yo, this man is a really uh, he's a brave man. I'm gonna say it like that. That shit was wild, bro. Yo, no was like, Yo, you better watch your mouth. I felt, I felt like there a, was a little situation before you got here that me and Ricky are talking about. It was so like my body like froze up. When I was like, <laughs> Yo, you better, you better watch what you say. I was like, Who kind of gonna die? Whoa, they got him. I know if he, if I go missing, Ricky knows why, dog. I, I don't know where to, to look, but I know he's, I know who took him. So. And he wants no parts. I'll try. <laughs> I'll look like like this. Oh shit! Where he at? I'll see him. All right, he, see you later, dog. He's a good dude. <laughs> so, um, how much has that benefited you? I, because I was saying this. I'm not a boss mu- music guru under any circumstance, but I remember when Stiz was coming up. He he was able to come up because he had like all these other artists working with him, and it mm-hmm. seems like that's like totally working your guys' benefit. Yeah. Um. I think the the thing about us is that we're so like. Um, welcoming to like new music, especially if it's good music. Like we're just welcoming. You know what I mean? Like we have people pull up to the studio all the time. Like yo, let's let's get some shit in. And we're just like, all right, cool. And then we make music. But excuse me. Um, I think it's just more of like a very we're very like yo. If you want to come through, make music. If you're dope, pull up. And we're not scared to like we're not scared to tell you your music's not ill like that. We're not, we're not, like we're just very fearless in what we do, so I think that works in our favor because now people really, when they come through, that they bring their A game and they're like, "Yo, they, these niggas ain't fucking around." So it, it works in our favor for sure. On a marketing tip too, though, because it's like you guys all like market as Van Buren, but mm. it helps boost everybody individually. And that's the thing that like we'll focus on. Like I'm always like, "Yo, Van Buren is Van Buren," but the artist is what makes the group. Um, Van Buren is not its own thing. Like. We are Van Buren. So whenever... As one unit. As one unit. So if one person falls, VB is going to like... It's going to take a, a big a big hit. You know what I mean? Because we all need one another to really make this a, a, a thing. You know what I mean? So I'm always just like, yo... You know what I mean? VB, we're collective, but 
the artists are the artists, you know what I mean? We try to market them as their as their own entity, you know what I mean? So it's working so far because you have in the thing about Dude, it's definitely working. Another thing about our group, thank you by the way. Uh, another thing that that's beautiful is like everyone is so different. Like you have Jowls that's very grimy in the streets, and then you have so I took it to took it to the telly, pop one, and have fun man, with it. I think it's funny you say I was that. Like, that was like gritty, bro. Yo, the VB Worldwide video is exactly well. The song is what is it's exactly like what makes us us. It's like a very different soundscape of just people. It was fire. It was a oh my god, bro. You made the beat right? Yes. I loved the video, bro. I loved. Shout out Colin. Colin, you're amazing. I met Colin the other day. Yeah. Amazing, man. Bro, video was fire. Thank you. I love the fact you're in the office. Oh, my God. And I love, yes, I like to fish, but yeah, I need a Pisces. I was like, that's the hardest line to start a song off. Oh, my God. St. Lior, man. That man is a special man. They're all special. St. Lior. You're special. I'm special. Wall special. You're a great guy. Abu. Special. Thank you. Um, St. Lior. Man, he's coming. Some he's coming with crazy shit, man. Oh my god! I feel like you have a, like a ton, like a because I was bumping your SoundCloud before you got here. You have like a ton of soul samples and a lot of your stuff. Yeah, is yeah. there a specific reason for that? Um, I grew up on it. Um, all my favorite producers like was like very soul, soul, producers. So like, I just kind of like follow suit. But I also like to diverse my sound a lot. Because I don't want to stick to one sound at all, and like I don't know, my sound—I might delete my SoundCloud because my SoundCloud is not a good representation of what I do. Because like, I do a lot of different shit, and I try—I don't really post on SoundCloud no more. So I'm really trying to like find a way to like show the world how many different sounds I can do because I can do a lot. So, um, what program are you using? FL Studio. Damn. Yo, Ableton. I'm coming for you next. Fact. Do you mix too? Um, it's crazy because I'm trying. I did a session yesterday trying to mix, and I'm do I'm, I'm not bad. I'm not bad at all. We're using Pro Tools. Yeah, it's 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 a little difficult, but you know, pick it up though. Yeah, what is what's, what's not difficult in life? Well, isn't I mean, I think going back to you being social, like that's such a competitive advantage for producer, Yo. because as you know, like dude, a lot of these producers and engineers are very computer brained and like Yo. very me to me in the computer the fact that you can actually socialize with artists probably helped you out so much man that's like the most important part like anytime someone asked me about dreamville was like the most important part for me was like yo i was able to like go in the rooms and just talk to people like fuck music like let's talk you know what i mean like when i first met ari lennox um by the way her album's amazing oh my god when i first met her we, we was it was in like this like makeshift studio upstairs uh, because all the studios were booked up and she had walked in, heard something that I was making and she loved it. And then um, we, we chopped it up for like 30, 40 minutes about just life. And I was like, yo, so you're like, you're the only girl on Dreamville. How does it feel? Like you're really like the princess of the shit. Like they have to respect you in a different light because of who you are and what you do and shit like that. And it was just so dope. And she's an amazing woman. Like everyone talks about her IG live, and I'm like, yo, that's exactly how she was when I when I talked to her. Just so very, just like. What is she on IG live a lot? A lot, a lot, and she's just very like energetic, very just funny, and just full of life. You know what I mean? So it was dope talking to her. Um, and that's that was with her and Cole. Cole Cole is very like, he's very to himself, but he's also like super dope at like. Just having like that, 
that's very like I talked to him for like maybe like five minutes, but that five minute convo was like something that sparked me for like a till this day. Like it was just so dope talking to him and like everyone else. It's fire. So that to say, having a social awareness of what you say, how you say it. And who you're talking to is super important because, like you said, people are very computer-brained and they don't like to talk and they're very introverted. And I understand, but um, I always say, like, you can make the best beats in the world, but if you don't know how to market yourself and talk to people, you're not going to be anything. You know what I mean? So, super important. That's why I'm blessed uh, with my personality. I'm very... Do you ever have moments where you get introverted? For sure. Oh, my God. I think th- I think this week I was... Uh, I just wanted to stay in the house. I didn't want to really talk to people like that. Cause at some Did point, something trigger it or nah, it's just like a social battery. One day you wake up, you're just like, I don't want to talk to people today, and you just want to just stay home. Because to, as as fun as it is talking to people, it can also be very draining, especially with people who like like we're talking about. Yo, let's build, let's link, let's do this, let's do that. With no like, let's substance. work with zero <laughs> substance. Yo, how's your day? You want any food from the store? Nah, it's just yo, let's, let's work, let's build. And he's like, I don't want to work with you. Get get away from me. Or this, yo. Oh, boy, do you feel that when people when people uh, hit you up? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like I probably don't get like too many of like the cold calls like per se as you guys do, but I could definitely tell when someone is coming to you with no real like substance or yeah. purpose, you know. And it's it's funny because yeah. it's really easy to see it. Yeah. Like it's so easy. like oh, Dude. I got a story to tell, bro. Like. You know, <laughs> It's so it's funny, like, yeah. when you see people network, quote-unquote network, and it's like, you could just tell the out for mission. The out to, like, yo, I need people to see me, I need people. And there's nothing wrong with it, but, like, there's a, there's a way to do it, you know what I mean? See, I'm also empathetic to that, though, because I get it. Because they don't understand, a lot, some people don't understand yet how to express themselves in, in like, a not exploitive way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's, like, tough. It's, like, People who will like hit me up say like let's work. Obviously, they're probably just like a smaller artist who like just they think a podcast will legitimize their cause and they just don't know how to go about yeah. it. You know, they, they definitely come with good like with, with a good heart a lot of times. Like they really do want to just work. And do you think humans are naturally good or do you think there are bad seeds? Ooh, shit. Um, I think we come into the world very whole, holy, and then as we like get along. Like as we start moving and start like, like just seeing the world for what it is, you just disintegrate. To, you just start. Like, oh. <laughs> That's but hilarious. It's always like it's always up to the person to really see like both sides, like light and dark. You can really peep like whether you want to see the world for what it is or do you want to make the best out of it and just do what you want to do. It's it's up to you. But I do think when we come to the world when we're born, we're very holy and very like pure, and then. As you just start moving along, it just starts to get really ugly. What do you think, Big Fresh? Um, I would kind of kind of compare it to like you guys ever seen that episode of SpongeBob where um Sandy Water? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they're making like the the marble sculptures and like Squidward's like you know like struggling and then SpongeBob like hits it once and it's like perfect or whatever. Classic. But it's like everyone comes in as like the same like rectangular like block of like marble, but then the world kind of like chips at you and like you know your environment, who you're raised by, like all that kind of affects who you are in the end. You That's know, fine. Mm-hmm. but That's I feel good. like the thing that separates humans from marbles is like we have the ability to kind of determine how easily we can chip and like break like 
due to like certain outs- outside like circumstances, you know? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I think humans innately are good though. Like yeah. I do, and I think there are bad seeds. Like there are people who are born bad. Yeah. But I do think like holistically that people, one, want good stuff to happen to them in their life and two, want to do good for other people. I think it's probably like, even like an evolutionary thing because you know from the start we were like very like tribal and kind of like i still think we were like a wolf packy kind of thing yeah so like everyone wants to see everyone else like survive and be healthy and do well you know yeah yeah you feel that it's amazing huh it's amazing yeah he's definitely right i think also it's like the way humans work is like we're always we're built off interaction like we love to talk and like just communicate and so i think that plays a big role in how you like portray the world especially like because when i was growing up i grew up in a very uh religious household you know what i mean but catholic uh christian what type what What denomination what do they sing and dance in church yes probably baptist maybe baptist yeah Baptist. So, um, was it all black people in the church? Yeah. It's probably Baptist, bro. <laughs> probably Baptist. Yeah, yeah. Probably Baptist. Um, but growing up in the church and like seeing how people are like, like seeing all my people, like, because I grew up with all the kids and stuff like that. And we just started growing. And like, it's funny seeing how, like, when we start growing and when we get older, how we all started just separating and started like doing our own thing. It's just so, like, I tell my uh, my people all the time, like, yo, I be studying humans, like, on a daily. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so fun to do. Like, like when people say they go people watching, I feel them. Like, I really sit in a park and just, like, watch people, like, just do regular day shit. And it's so interesting because it's, like, a lot of times, like I said, we're very, like, just, we just want to talk to people. Like, people will come to me and be like, how's your day? I'm just like, I'm good. And it's just, it's interesting. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. How do you navigate, like especially because you're working in a group, how do you navigate like your selfish desires and then like lifting up other people? Um, it's crazy. Cause I, I battle, I battle with that a lot. Like trying to get mine whilst trying to like help my peoples. I think you have to be selfish first before anything else, because, um, there was a lot of like, um, it's like a lot of people, especially last year when I came back from Dreamville, like it's kind of like, yo, why didn't you, why didn't you put me on? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I'm like, yo, I'm trying to put myself on first. <laughs> like, I, I, I know for a fact, if I can get myself on, everyone else is going to be good. I know that for a fact. So I'm just like, yo, you got to be selfish first before you can even make an attempt to help other people. Because once you have the power to, to help, that's when you can, you know what I mean? But I don't have the power right now. It's very difficult to help other people when I can't help myself. Yeah, I totally feel you. Yeah, so I think it's just like, yo, you got to get yours first before anything else. Like, I can't have a dollar. I'd rather have a $100 and give you 50 than a dollar and give you 50 cents. You know what I mean? So it's just, you got to get yours. You got to get yours. I'd rather have like a million. And I'll, I'll cut you like, I'll get buy you Chipotle and I'll take you to Chick-fil-A. A little vibe. <laughs> Get a million, take it to the top of the hub. I'm not crazy. How much money you want? Like a number in your head. A number? Is that a number? Is that a number to what we want in life? Is well, I th- well, who knows when I get there and what it will feel like. But I always thought like, dude, if I made $100 million, yeah, that would be fire. It's crazy. I'd be thinking like, yeah, I, 
I wonder um, how like Dre felt when he when he touched his first billion. Like Dr. Dre, a billion dollars. Like, is that even possible? Like, that's the type of shit. I'm like, yo, if if he touched a billion, I feel like someone in another fifty years, another black man could touch ten billion easily. So I don't know if there's a number, but I just know I want to be very comfortable and by a lake. If I'm not by a lake, I'm not winning. Let's go. Like I need to be. Is there a lake in Brockton? Yeah, there's a lake. There's a lake. Is there an island in the lake? You should buy the island. Um, it's like, it's like a, there's a lake in the middle, it's DW Field Park, so it's like a lake in the middle, and then like, a stretch of land, like, just surrounding it, stuff like that, it's lit, I mean, you walk by, you see the waters, that could out. just be Ricky's Lake, man, Ricky's Reservoir, yeah, shout out Ricky Lake too, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, nah, I gotta be by the lake for sure, for sure. Okay, so, like, you and I are in some boss talk in like 20 years, well, where would you like to be positioned? I think about this every day, every day. Um, I want to be, I just, the, the main thing is money being made when I don't have to make it. That like, passive income. The passive income is exactly like why I do the shit I do. Because I know. So you got to build a business then. You got to build the business to do it. So I think that's where I want to be. And the passive income could be like, I want it to be very, like a lump sum of cash, like every time it comes in type shit. So I don't really have to, because I'm not a worker. I'm going to keep it real. Like I worked jobs before and I, I hate it. I hate it. Where did you work? I worked at Guitar Center. No way. Which one? The um, one in Brockton? The one in Braintree. No way. What was that like? Oh my God. Guitar Center. I was seasonal. So I worked there for a month. But it's like <laughs> you only made it a month, bro. It's trash. <laughs> it's trash, bro. It's a scene in there for sure. Man, it's like people just don't know what they want, and that's the main thing. Like well, that I, store is complicated as hell, bro. What? They're like, yo, I wanna, um, I wanna, uh, uh, how many key uh, piano? But I don't want it to be too big. But I also want it to be like for my kids to play, and I wanna be able to make it last a long time i'm just like yo i don't know what you want right now so you better get yourself together first before you ask me that ass so nah i worked at guitar center i worked at five below i worked for a moving company and i was like yo this is trash because i know i'm moving all this furniture but there's a dude that's probably at his home right now making money from me and he's just with his wife and kid watching goddamn rugrats and shit and i'm just like yo this is ridiculous so i'm like yo I need to be able to do this. Like, fuck working. Like, I want people to work under me and their work. And their work, they get compensated for. And I also get my uh, my piece of it. And we all just, you know what I mean, all make money. You know what I mean? And also, talking about boss talk, man, like. I want to get on a career tip, though, money aside. Like, where would you like to be positioned? I just want to, like, I see myself owning a production company for sure. Uh, like a company. You should buy me out, bro. <laughs> Bio GDP. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> I I see myself working at like have my own production company. Um, because I do want to start making movies, and I do also want to like work with other producers like musically. So like I don't know if there's like a thing. <laughs> I want it to be two separate entities, but like me just have my hand in both, and you know, cause and you know like being your own boss is very difficult. It's hard. Like, you got to be accountable. Oh, my God. Like, anything that happens... It's on you, dog. You have to take that L. And yeah. none of the... And I'm, I always say, I'm like, yo, being at work is perfectly fine. Like, playing your role is amazing. Like, you 
can go to work, work your nine to five, get your sixty thousand a year, and be good. Like you don't got like being a boss, you can make more money, but the accountability, the stress, the stress, the the constant work flow that you gotta like, you have to like employ new people, you have to fire people, you have to do this, you got to do that. So it's like not everyone's built to be a boss, and it's very like. I think there's something nice about that, like about being positioned in an organization though too. Yeah. Because like, it's like, it's a little more comfortable. You know what I'm saying? You just have more control. I think that's why I love it so much. It's like being your own boss, you have control over anything that happens. And that's my main thing is like, I hate not having control over a situation. I hate it. Like when I'm in a situation, I have nothing, I'm like overpowered by the whole thing as a whole. I'm just like, Yo, I'm I'm tight. So I like to have like at least a hold of a situation I'm in. And that's what being a boss does. It's like you're good. Like but at the same time it's like if the shit goes wrong, it's you to blame. So I always tell people, I'm like, yo, you could say you're a boss, you can you know what I mean? Jay Z has a great line on uh Everything is Love and he was like Everybody's bosses till it's time to pay for the office, till the invoices separate the men from the boys. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> Figgities. Wow, that's incredible. Like, imagine having your own business and now you gotta pay for the office chairs and the desks and then the the people, um, the like the work, the uh the cooks, the janitors, like no no one pays attention. They just see, yeah, I have a billion dollars. But no, you have to pay for these people to be comfortable in their workspace and all that. So man, being a boss is not it's not it's not easy. But the the rewards is amazing, so so what outside of the of running a production company on a music tip like what's a goal you have for the next year you want to get done um there's like a there's a few artists that i i really 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 want to work with and i think me accomplishing that would take me to a new level production wise um because i've always been a fan of uh, isaiah rashad Always been a fan. I've been a fan. You of like him, Big Fresh? Yeah, I've, I've been a Let's fan. Let's say he's of right him. up your alley for sure. Yeah. Oh my God, you know, but you know how good his music is. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing. And uh, no, 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 telling me a lie. Oh my God! Like when I first listened, like I was on that tip of like uh, when uh, Acid Rap came out, 1999 came out, and then uh, Sylvia Demo came out, and Sylvia Demo just spoke to me on a whole different level. And I was what like, is that? That's where Richard's that's his like kid. first EP. That's his first. That's What's his, it called? Sylvia Demo. Demo. That's his. First, that's his introduction to the game, because he had he had a project before called Pieces of a Kid. Before he was signed. Before he was signed, and then Sylvia Demo was like his introduction to getting signed, and then Sun's Tyree was his first official album, and that was with. Come on, man! You know how good that was. Yeah. was amazing. Can I ask you guys a question real quick on a producing tip? The sample on that song, Heavenly Father. I'm almost positive Lil Wayne used it. On the Carter Five, I'm gonna look for it. Possible, you gotta you gotta who sampled that real quick. Mm, yo, or I'm just gonna use Big Boche's brain. If you're a producer, you know how uh, how good uh, who sampled is. That's clutch. They know everything. There's never a song that I go search on there and they don't have they, they results. Have for it. It. They have it. Yep, it's gotta be the same, right? Yeah. They chopped it up a little differently for sure. I think it was faster yeah. too, right? Yeah. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's that music. So. No. Oh my god. Awkward pause. Yeah. 
Incredible. Like, and um, diving into p- the production. And everybody's telling me a lie. Hi. <laughs> yeah, kind of got the country voice. Yo, I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you your your uh, beat tag right now. Ricky on a sticky. Ooh. Yo. <laughs> Speed it up. Put the gross know, beat on it. Y'all know that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know. Y'all go see this and be like, yo, that wasn't it. <laughs> oh, what are man. those? Look at this. You hear this guy? Ricky on a sticky. <laughs> <laughs> this man's ridiculous. Oh, Back man. on your production tip. Um. Yo, uh, one thing too about production with producers that's watching this, please know that your sound can shape a, a whole artist's career, like a career. Like, if you look at the top dogs of like the music game, especially with like hip hop and stuff like that, every like, all of them have their own specific producer or producers that they go to because they just know. Like when Dre goes to forty, he knows that's that's the one. Boy Wonder, same thing. When Kendrick goes to Soundwave or Tay Beast, he knows. When Cole goes to Ron Gilmore or himself, you know what I mean? He they he knows. So I think like with producers right now is knowing your worth and knowing how much to charge for it. Because like I know my sound right now, I can shape multiple rappers' careers at this very moment. I know that for a fact. But it's all about picking and choosing who you want to work with because some people just don't have the work ethic for it. But producers need to know, and I know you could you can attest to this, that you need to like find your sound and then build off of it and then have find an artist that complements your sound just as good because once that happens, you make classic music, and that's a fact. Got him. Question: How frequently have you been touching out of the out of Brockton, out of Massachusetts, to go work with artists? Um, it's it's been more um more frequent. I, I, I'm gonna say because before I was in Brockton for a little while, and it's funny because um I'll, I'll tell you another time. But um yeah, leaving leaving the city to go work with like other artists is like I've been do, I, I'm starting to do that more frequently because New I York, know, New York, Atlanta. I'm gonna go. I'm trying to touch in LA very soon. Um, dude, you're gonna love it. Oh my god. LA's amazing. Oh my god. I hear great things. LA's incredible, oh dude. Oh my god. I'm I'm ready. That's I'm ready. fire. But yeah, I'm definitely like touching. Except, except your Uber driver is gonna be a movie star. Bro, <laughs> no boy, it's crazy because like A, Ubers to, to like different places is like a force because niggas be like, yo, Cali's a, a big ass like You know, place. you need a whip. You like they rent, rent say, a whip. Yeah, they always say, yo, but you can't. You're 21. You got to be 25 to rent a whip. Jesus Christ! You see this? You see what they do first? Get a friend out there, bro. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I heard that's that's a, like a big thing. Traffic's bad. Like, I remember um, Super Smash Bros was talking to me when they came to the studio, and they was like, "Yo, we just came back from LA." They was like, "Yo, if you are gonna have a certain thing you are gonna do at seven o'clock." Be there by like four o'clock or five o'clock. <laughs> that ass. Because if not, then you're gonna be late like a bitch. And I was like, God damn, that's ridiculous. It's actually, I didn't think it was as bad. At, I think Boston traffic's really bad too, bro. People think Boston traffic's like just. Um, do we grew up in it? It is bad. It's, if, it can, it gets bad if you're leaving the city at rush hour. Yeah, it gets bad. Uh, but like, I think the thing about Cali is like certain areas in rush hour, it's like the length is like twice or triple like what you have right. to go on that interstate in Boston. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, just because it's so big. At least with when coming to like 
leaving Boston and go back to Brockton in a whip is like probably like 25, 30 minutes. So, like, I, if traffic hits you, probably going to take you about an hour 30. Brockton, a.k.a. Boston South. <laughs> Boston South. You see? <laughs> oh, yeah, we south of Boston, all right. <laughs> well, well, bro, I we had talked. I think Fabio had come up, you know, wow. from Brockton, man. Good man. Amazing. But, dude... It's even crazier how many people are moving out of Boston down to Brockton. It's insane. And then everyone from Brockton is going to Randolph. Really? That's what I, at least I'm gauging. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I ain't peeing. You don't see any new shorties in the city? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I got to start asking around because I didn't see that. If that's the case, goddamn, I'm going to do more research on that for sure. Dude, you should become the mayor of Brockton. Yo. 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 There was a kid running at one point, right? Wasn't he like 19? He was a uh, Brad, Brad. You know him? Yeah, Bradley Sufron. Did he win? No, but he had a he had a good run. He had a good campaign. No bowl, cause like seeing that was like super lit. Cause I was like, damn, like, cause he graduated a year above me, twenty fifteen, and seeing him like try to go for it, especially at his age, was like ridiculous for me. And we like it was kind of like known like it was gonna be a, a L, but it was like, bro, like how do you take an L when you're doing shit like that? Like how you can't take an L, like. You you damn near changed the game. How what did he get percentage for like votes? Oh, I forgot. I didn't really get to look. I'm tight because like, I'm mad. I don't remember who won. Uh, what's his old white dude? Old white dude. Yeah, oh, like fuck. every other mayor in America. Jesus Christ, old white dude, man. Um, yeah, that's one. Th- it's crazy you say the politics because that was one thing I told myself I was gonna be a part of more, with like knowing more about like the the inner cities and stuff. Like, Knowing who's in charge of what, because I'm like, yeah, I lived in Brockton my whole life, and I still don't know who the fucking the the counselor at large is. Like, come on, bro, like, you gotta get your shit together. <laughs> That's what we're kind of trying to do with the show, at least this election year. Is like, dude, I don't know that much about politics at all, but we're trying to simplify it, at least for kids our age, because right. like, no one our age really cares or understands for the most part. It, it, it takes you to get older for you to really start, like, especially when, like, your tax dollars. And we start making that bag. Yeah. And so you start to care more when you're older. But I'm like, bro, we should, we should care right now. It's kind of important to know what's going on, especially in the city that you live in and shit like that. Or even, like, the, the, the country you live in. It's really important to know. Can you talk about a little bit how, like, like people love you guys in Brockton, bro? That's, sure. shit, that's like, real love. Yes, that's real love, for sure. Um, yo, Brockton, man... <sighs> Because we never had it. Like, I feel like my generation was, like, the first generation to go get it, for real. Like, I see a lot of Brockton artists, like, they're going for theirs, you know what I mean? And we're really doing groundbreaking shit to the the point that you can't, like, it's impossible to not see us. Especially in the Massachusetts scene, it's impossible for you not to know who Brockton is. It's impossible. If you don't, you're ignorant, for real. So I think it's just more of like the genuine love for the music and the people love us and we just like we appreciate it. You know what I mean, it's all it's all love in the city. You know I, mean? I also what I've been noticing too, people want a champion, bro. You know what I'm saying? People want a hero for sure. It's a fact, bro. For sure. Oh and so God. it's like yo, you guys are like putting on. People like people who take action, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And there's also people that like hate it because like. I don't know. The envy shit is a big thing, like especially in the city that that we're in. Like, it's just as many supporters that we have, there's more like sneak dissers and you know really I mean? people that don't fuck with us because of whatever reason. It's a jealousy and, thing. Yeah, it was crazy because I was talking to my man Meech yesterday about it, and I was like, I was saying like, yo, um, 
it's so important to like know your boundaries of how many like places you are at like you know what I mean in a week and shit like that. Just like if there's a, if there's an event uh, in the weekend, like you have to be mindful of uh, if you show up or not. Because like the thing about people is if I see you once every like once in a blue moon, right? That interaction when I do see you is gonna be nitpicked to the core. And I'm just, I was always. What do you mean? Like, if I like, I saw you, you at the warehouse. At the warehouse, right? We talked for like five, ten minutes. Five, ten minutes. So out of that conversation, um, because I don't see you often, um, not me, but like somebody else. You know I mean, or whatever. They gonna nitpick that conversation and be like, oh yeah, um, I don't know. He's kind of weird. I don't know. Oh yeah, I know you're like he's that. like he's cool, but I don't know. We weren't really vibing like that. I'm like, bro, it's only been like ten minutes, and people do that on a regular day basis, and it's like, it now it's like. Now that you get bigger and stuff like that, people are going to do that more frequently and they start banding against you at some point. Like, yo, this guy's a weirdo mm-hmm. because the one time I talked to him, he was fucking uh, just not trying to talk to me and stuff like that. So it's just very like, I was like telling him, like, yo, you got to be mindful, like, who you give your energy to and who do you talk to when, like, what events do you show out to because people do that and then they start getting a false narrative of, of who you are. And it's nasty. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like I know that it's also people... hard to socialize at an event like that. We're talking about the year event, big, big fresh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to socialize hard. when the music's dumb loud, right? Though. And like, it's so like you get such a false gauge on somebody because they're probably like a little drunk. They're a little like they're just like not in the mood to talk at the moment. And then someone will take that and be like, "Yo, he's weird." Because that one time I talked to him for like thirty seconds, he was a weirdo, and I don't fuck with him. I'm say, "Wow." ridiculous and his hairline was pushing back and his hairline was pushing back fuck he didn't have a haircut i'm like what shit oh nasty my hairline's going okay someone commented on instagram recently (laughs) someone said a horseshoe hairline i was like all right bro that's enough see see, come on fuck they're doing dirty you guys want me to do rogaine is that what you guys want your hairline's not that crazy bro stop looking at it dude all right (laughs) you you got me looking at it like like, (laughs) holy shit Nah, but um, yeah, I'll just tell them that. So it's just important to know that. Big fresh. Any questions? Um, yeah. So just to hop back to the Dreamville shit for a sec. Um, mm-hmm. between you know going there where like those guys are like sort of quote unquote the pros, right? And like coming back to Brockton and continuing to work with uh, Van Buren. Like, what did you see as sort of like the similarities between how the two groups worked, and also what were them some things you were like, all right, we got to change up this to kind of level up and go to the next level. Um, we got to add that to the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, the similarities between us and them is the work ethic is both mm-hmm. like very prevalent. Yeah. Like when VB works, they work and we be like, it's crazy because we was talking about it, uh, like a couple of days ago, we was like, yo, like the time we spend in, in like the studio is ridiculous. Like I'll, I'll, they, there'll be days where I'll get there by 9 a.m. and I won't leave till 1 a.m. because I'm just locked in for the whole day. And because 1 a.m. is a, uh, that's when our studio has to close down, like the whole building. So 1 a.m. is like after that, like we're closing. So, um, yeah, so there'll be there'll be days where like we're all in there from like ten AM to like twelve or one AM and shit like that. And it's so crazy because you don't really see it as like work because we're just having fun and recording all day, mm. eating good food and shit like that. But when you really look at it, it's like, bro, we're really in here for a immense amount of hours every day. You know what I mean? And so I think the work ethic that we that Dreamville shares with us is like 
both there because I seen Cole write for hours at a time. I seen Boz do the same thing. Ari, when Ari's locked in, man, she's locked in. She's recording. She's writing. She's with her writers, whatever, whatever. So I think that's the the similarity and the thing we have to work on. I feel like is uh, just marketing, hmm. just marketing ourselves better because we've been doing a great job. But I know there's a lot more improvement to be done because I do want us to take this to the next level. You know what I mean? After we did the Stitch show, um, I seen, I was like, yo, there's so much potential in all of us. Like, it's ridiculous. And we're also young still. And so I'm like, yo, we can definitely take this to a nationwide standpoint and be like, yo, we run the whole fucking country. Fuck Massachusetts. We can do this whole country. You know what I mean? And especially at a, and, and at a time where music is, is becoming like a... Uh, like a big thing, like festivals and all that's becoming a big thing. And I'm like, yo, we can run this shit like fucking like groundwork, nigga. We can do all this shit in a year or two years and and become the biggest stars in the fucking world. You know what I mean? So that's these are the things that I I, I uh, think about every day, every mm-hmm. single day. I'm like, yo, how do you do you frequently assess how you look from a consumer's perspective? Because I've had issues with that. Like, okay. I'm so caught up in this bitch and keeping it going and growing it. I sometimes have an issue, like from an outsider's perspective, being like, "Okay, what is Golden Deer?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you ever do that with Van Buren? Um, not really, not really. I think because we found ourselves so early, and we all know what we wanted to do. It was kind of just like been cruising ever since. Yeah. It's been cruising. All right, so I'm a scrub. I get it. No, you're not a goddamn scrub. Yo, Golden Deer been <laughs> that's, ta- that's, that's enough, bro. Man, Golden Deer been taking over the game low-key. I was like, yo, like, seeing y'all go from the last studio here, I'm like, yo, this is a crazy... Like, I remember walking... Bro, we're in the back of a freezing warehouse. Well, we don't have to big us up. But yet. you know, niggas know. I know what's coming. If you know Warehouse 11, bro, you know the vibe. Like, you know this is crazy. Like, <laughs> whenever there's an event here, bro, it's like very... um. Like the event they did, uh, organic. That was Big Fresh who organized it. Which the, one? The one me and you met at. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another one uh, earlier last. It was like last was it year. Bodega one. The Bodega one. Yeah, the yeah. Bodega and uh, Reebok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was ridiculous, bro. They had the the back. They had the shit for chicken sandwiches. They had the big ass ball hoop in the middle where the DJ was. I'm like, bro, the fucking like. Whenever there's an event here, it's always a memorable one. That's mm-hmm. why I love this place so much, because it always gives me like a nostalgic like, oh, I remember when I was here during the summer with my homies and we was just kicking it. You know what I mean? Like I love this place, man. Don't y'all, y'all tripping? You're Fuck. a great guy. Yeah, man. This is amazing. So seeing, especially going to the last event and seeing like your shit here, and I was like, wait, why is it mad going to this shit? Are you telling me that you moved here? I was like, wow, this is that's a big move from where we where you were last year. So I was like, yo, this is yo big ups, little baby steps. Yo, baby steps, but they're steps. Baby steps, but they are steps. So, you know what I mean? I think y'all could eat, like, y'all y'all level up is coming very soon. I, I can just feel it. I'll tell you this much. I'm, I'm not even going on a little tangent here, but I'm so success-oriented that I know I'm going to be around in Boston for a very long time doing it. Say that. It's huh. the truth. Say that. And until I think I, that's the mindset. The truth. That's the mindset. Like every, if you want to be successful, you gotta have that. Well, mindset. it's all I really care about. Yeah, the right. Truth is I all I care about is growing and putting on for Boston and being beloved by Boston. Bro, it's the truth. Oh my god, oh my god. It's like 
you become so like it's funny when you're so success oriented it's like you forget about everything else like you forget about like shorties <laughs> like relationship <laughs> shit like have you had to, have you had to cut off any anybody yet in your life because it's like yeah we're just not in the same way for my absolute fuck what you, you you're not growing if you don't do that for sure so you've done it recently i've done it a, like what oh so you cut people off like that what when and the reason why i do it is like because of the success that i want it's like yo i feel like people are very especially the age that we're all in like like i said everyone's like just aimlessly trying to just find their way and i get it but like there's a point where you like even if you're still looking that you have to have some sort of goals that you set for yourself to Go to the next level. Some people aren't like that, though. And it's crazy. I, I understand because you're ambitious and, like, you have musical goals and, like, you want to get them done. But not everybody is wired like that. And that's why I say we're selfish because of shit like that. Like, we're very... I, I'm selfish. I'll say that proudly. I'll wear that. Like, I'm very selfish in, like, who I who I bring around. I mean, who, I, um, who I'm around and who I like to bring around and stuff like that. I'm very selfish and I'm very... um. I'm very, a lot of bad stuff. If people were like, Rick, you're stubborn, you're selfish, you don't care. Like, I have to eat all that because I know I am. I mean, mm-hmm. And I know, like, there's a reason for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very, um, like we said, we're very successful, very success-oriented, really trying, trying to find your way out of here and get more. You know what I mean? And to do that, you just got to have that tunnel vision, bro. You got to just look one way, one way only. And so when people don't realize that, I think that's when I start to distance myself and be like, yo, if you don't get what I'm trying to do, I got to let you go. And it's not because of you. I'm not saying all, like every time I cut someone off, it's because of them. But it's just more on my end. Like, yo, sometimes I don't want to hang out with you. Sometimes I don't have time to. Sometimes we don't have the time to, to go and, and get a coffee at a shop. I just don't have the time anymore because I know what I want. Unless it's dunks. Unless it's dunks. <laughs> what you snack before this? Yo. I mean, Dunkin' Donuts, two for five. Vibe. Oh, you know shit. I mean, that's a little vibe. Where you get the flatbread? No, I get the um, the, the croissant. <laughs> you know, both the, the two for five at Dunkin' Donuts is probably like the that's best thing since like four for four at Wendy's. Like, that's just so fire. Look, two croissant vibe. I had a little orange juice. Cool. Get a little water right after. No coffee? I had coffee. A small, oh, yeah. Small iced coffee, French vanilla cream, extra sugar. That's my shit. That's a milkshake, bro. But I don't drink coffee <laughs> like that. Well, you just did. I did, but I only did it because like I only had like two hours of sleep, and I was like, "Yo, I gotta get." Something. Damn, bro. Yeah. So I don't drink coffee. Like Last that. night, where you like, shit, I gotta be up early to get in and talk for like two hours in this interview. Yo, it's crazy. It hasn't been two hours yet. No. Um, it's crazy because um, I, me and Abu were talking. It's like, yo, the only thing that it is like in the morning is just getting up. Like after I got up, it was like, yo, I gotta get ready. Everything was smooth. It's just getting out of bed, but right? Getting it's out tough, of dude. bed yeah. is re- like that's one of the the hardest fights to fight in life. Is to get <laughs> up, bro. It was seven fifteen, and I know how I am. I'm like, yo, it'd be seven fifteen. I have my alarm for seven fifteen. A seven fifteen comes, the alarm rings. I close it. I go back to sleep. Oh, you hit that snooze, right? And then I gotta hit the seven twenty one. Seven twenty, your wake up break. And by seven forty, I'm not up. That's a dub. I'm. I'm forcing Just take an eternal nap. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, once you get up, bro, literally life is just easy. But you got to get up. And it's hard because your baby comfortable. It be comfortable as a motherfucker, man. You know what I mean? So I have questions for Golden Deer, right? Sure. 
You know what I mean? We've been asking questions all day. You, you having fun? I'm, well, well, come on, man. You get an interview? I'm with the guys. We lit. Big Fresh, you having fun? Yes, sir. It's Great. crazy because, like, if, if I wasn't fucking with y'all, I would not pull up. I'll be like, yo, I'm canceling. I'm not feeling good. Like, but I really fuck with, like. Cause Thank we, you. We did this shit last year. I'm like, yo, this is fire. Like, what you do. Because there's, like, because I'm trying to interview as well, like, soon. You should do it. Right? And I think part of being an interviewer is, like, we talked about, like, even social, like, being organic with it. And I feel like you're very, like, you and Abu just are very, like, just, like, organic people to talk to. You know what I mean? Because, it's e- like, it's easy just to, like, be the networking guy. Yo, we should link and build. Like, but it's just like, what y'all two is just different. I'm just like, yo, I fuck with it, man. Thank you. I fuck with it. It's, but, it's one thing I'll speak on. It's like, it's, it's tough. Mind you, I know you, so it's, so we know each other, yeah, but it's, it's tough. Um, I don't disclose every piece of information ever about what's going on on the show because I want to have a good episode. Yes. But, bro, there's a, we take tons of L's over here that we don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. It has to. And I feel like you guys watch it like film and then you like build on top of it for the next one. I listen. I, I, I'll listen on them. Fire. Like how like you listen to all your beats a million times? For sure. It's like the same thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's why we grow is like we take like and it's funny like I feel like for you, I feel like you're not afraid to take a loss at all. Dude, that's the game, bro. That's the game, you gotta right? take a gazillion. Right? So it's like, bro, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? L's I take on a regular day basis. I'll make five beats and I'll wake up the next one. Boo, you can attest to this. And you'll like, uh, you'll wake up here again and be like, yo, these are trash. These are dubs. I'm good. Fuck these beats. And then you just gotta go back and do the same thing you did again. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because there was a point. Uh, I'm going to ask these questions after I say this, but um, there was a point in 2017 where I didn't make beats for like seven months. What were you doing, bro? I had the craziest like beat block ever. Like ever. And so I was they like, call it beat block? Yeah. And I was like, There's, there has to be more to this. Like why, why every time I try to make a beat, it doesn't sound good? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it took seven months for me to finally get out of it. And once I did, I was like, yo, I'm never doing this again. Like, seven months of not, like, creating, like, the way I want to was ridiculous. I was like, yo, this is... I know, looking back, you're like, dude, I'll never do that again. Never. I can't. Mm -hmm. Because I'm too... I'm too inspired at this point. I'm too, like, motivated to get shit done. Mm -hmm. I can't not ever do that again. So, I feel like you take breaks, you take these losses, but then you come back and you're, like, you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Ready to go. So, going back to what I was going to say, Golden Deer, right? How do you... How do you um? How do you maintain? Like, how do you wake up like what you did today and be like, "Yo, I'm gonna do this with Ricky Felix today." Like, how do you do that? I gotta. I have a a really OCD type discipline where I'm like, if I'm like locked in on it, like I'm locked in no matter what. Okay. So that's it for me. But I love the fact I can keep the show going, and all I got to do is just show up. Once you show up, then like all you get all your shit done. Yeah. But you just got to show up. You got like show up ready to rip it. So when 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 um when we was talking about it earlier, when you feel drained, do you feel like you, you you've done a lot? I get burnt out, but I still go through it. Oh wow! I'm not even like big up myself, but yeah, like, yeah, I get yeah. burnt out a lot, and I'm for just sure. like 
if I stop though, when I'm burnt out, then I'm going to look back when I'm not burnt out and be like, bro, you were being soft. <laughs> That's the way I feel. So it's like, well, I'm oh, just going to keep man. going until I'm not burnt out yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with you. Yeah. I mean, um, it certainly helps that like Connor's there to kind of like organize everything and get everything set up. And all I have to do is like, like you said, show up and yeah. help run the episode. So, but you do sure. other shit though too. I was about to say, bro, like when you, when you're like, when you do other things, and I, I guess with me, when I try to like reach into like new bags, it, it gets me discouraged because I'm like, yo, I'm so good at this that I know when I do this, it's gonna take me like a while to get really good. Yeah, yeah. Like I when I was when I started making beats, I was like, yo, this is oh, I worked on it for like two years. I had a good like pace, and then I started DJing. And then when I started DJing, I was like, oh, shit, like, how how am I going to get ill? Like, I'm ill at producing with DJing. So do you feel that when you're... When you're- um, I think a little bit, but I think it also depends on, like, what you're doing and, like, what that means to you, you know, right? So, like, with beat, uh, at least, like, producing, like, I've been producing, like, technically, I guess, for, like, since, like, 2012. So what is that, like, nine years? Nine eight years. Eight years. So, like, the first, like, four years of that, I was, like, trash. Like, no lie. But, like, you know, like, four years is a long time, but it flies by because, like, you're just so invested and you're right. so interested in it and, like, the time just flies by. So You feel like four years flies by? Well, when you're, like, at least four years of producing, hell yeah. 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 Because, when I Cause, like, you're yeah. learning. You're, like, you're just trying mm-hmm. to, like, do some shit. Yeah, learning, um, learning takes a big, like, it takes a lot of time to learn more than to make. You know what I mean? Like, when I started learning uh, production, I was 2016. And man, those years flew. They flew. Like, especially going to 2017. I don't remember much from 2017. You blacked out. Blacked, like crazy <laughs> black. I can only remember pieces. And that's, that's like, yo, I've been learning so much shit. I just don't remember shit no more. Like, it's just because it's such a repetitive motion. Every yeah. day I was like, wake up, eat some food, go make music, go to sleep, do it again, do it again for like a year straight. So you don't remember much. I just remember making music. You know what I mean? So that was, um, yeah. So going back to that question to both of y'all, when you, what? So when when did you start? When did you uh, do Golden Deer? Like when did you start? Like this July? past July, yeah. July, right? Yeah. So what was the um, what was the reason to come here? Um, well, I had known You're in the that. Hot he, seat. Yeah, <laughs> I had known that we were doing the. Uh, he was doing the podcast uh, prior to that, but. Funny enough, we like <laughs> randomly ran into each other at the barbershop in Waltham. Bro, I was Ooh. looking for a producer. I was like, yo, I, I need someone to help me produce the show, like add it at a different level yeah. into the conversation and be able to like glow up on the audio production and the video production. And I swear to God, I was like looking for like four weeks and then I just saw Big Fresh at the barbershop. That's fire. And like at that time, like, just I think podcasts in general were kind of like a on an upward yeah, uh, trend. So like sure. I was super interested. I was looking for an opportunity to like get in, involved with something, and so everything just kind of lined up perfectly. Oh my god! You see? Well, eight months later, man, right? Yeah, and it's crazy to think like I feel like Abu's a very good. Uh, that's a good producer to have because he's a very he's an interesting man. Because coming with the haymaker, bro, man, uh, he hey, will trust me. Because he's a social man, but at the same time, I could tell like. He distances himself. 
So for him to be he here, absorbs. He absorbs. Well, that's the thing though. Is like by nature, I'm like a very introverted, quiet yeah. person. So like it takes a lot of like effort for me to like be social and like do all these things. But I think like this and like the format helps you though, right? Yeah, this and like doing music and like networking with people is like always just like a daily practice to like get better. Yeah. Better. So yeah. when um, cause producer man, when you go into the studio like new artists do you feel like that anxiety like yo I, I hope he or she fucks with what i'm doing or well so that was like what i kind of wanted to go back to a little bit is like when we were talking about you know like the people that come with you uh you with like no substance or like purpose it's like i think it's like you know the worst reason to like work with someone just like um to like not be generic but like for clout you know because yeah. like you know, I can't be like, oh, Ricky went to the Dreamville uh, session, so he's a producer I got to work with. It's like, nah, like, I like Ricky's sound and I, I like Ricky's beats, so, like, that's who I want to work with. And, like, Facts. I think for any kind of, like, creative partnership, you first have to kind of just have a chat and see if you guys line up, like, personality-wise, because yeah. otherwise, like, the work that you do is not going to be good. Fact. And I think, I think these events that, like, especially, like, uh, Warehouse be throwing, I think that's part of how I, like, gauge people mm-hmm. is like how do you uh how do we talk when uh when, when we're talk like when we're uh face to face because we could always talk on like the dms and like yo we should do this do that how do you do this but like having a full-blown conversation with somebody and then having a gauge on them is super like important as well so i think um what you're saying is very true and um and going to you too like how do you um when, when you're doing podcasts like this, right, how do you find questions to to ask? Because you say you, like, did a podcast with a psychic reader. No, that's tonight. That's tonight, right? Yeah. So how do, you, how do you find, like, questions? How do you, what, what do you ask for? Speaking of which, and I don't even mean to cut everything off, but Peggy is going to be in here in the next, like, 10 minutes, so we'll have to wrap right after this but i got adhd i'm a little off the walls ricky oh my god so i, I can just pull it out of the pocket just like you can pull out a soul sample i just pull out the question out let's the pocket go. That, let's what, go like what up dog oh calvin klein why'd you choose that bro got him got him we'll answer oh calvin klein man yo shout out nick uh, <laughs> yeah shout out nick shout out my man nick man he, he gave me this, this, this sweater and i'm like oh it's just fire so shout out nick. that was the choice because it's just it's fire. Just shout out to Nick. Yeah, shout out to Nick. And he's a great photographer first, and well, he's a great man. Great man first, great photographer second, and then he gave me this. So, amazing man. But. Oh, go ahead. Um, cool. I know we got to wrap up, but both of y'all, right? So, You're a great guy. Of course, man. Thank you. You too. Y'all, y'all are great men. Um, talking about Golden Deer. So, when, I'm, I'm guessing y'all both are here for like the long run. Like so, I feel like um, what's the next step? Because I know there's more to, to to the podcast and shit. Sure. So what's the next step? For I, you I'm gonna guys? make a huge project that's gonna be citywide, and then I'm gonna use only citywide resources, and I'm gonna have to tuck away for a little bit and slow the show down. Oh my god! But I don't know how long it's gonna take me. But that's what I want to do. Oh shit! That sounds crazy. Oh my god! I told you I was gonna do it like a year ago, right? Yeah, the Elon Musk master plan. I got a little bit of a plan, man. Bro, I think I don't want. I'll tell you after. I've already said a little bit on the show, but I'll tell you after. I think I don't really got to give you advice, but like, bro, just stay focused because this shit can get. Keep the motor going, bro. This shit can get bad. Like when I'm talking about your mental space, is very important to keep that like 
maintained because bro, I've had some bad ruts, bro. Bro, have you? It, it gets bad. Like I that's remember, a dark place, man. Bro, if we can, if we would dive deeper, I'd like talk about like when, we, when I came back from Dreamville and how bad I was. Like, you were on, yeah, I get it. You were depressed as hell because it's like, oh my god, you're so high now. You're back at your nah, mom's you're crib. Low. Oh, we get, talk, you talked about that. Maybe I think we did, we did. but um, it's yeah, it was I such a it. bad going from like and even like physically. That came from 60 degree weather. I had sandals when I went to the airport, little light sweatpants to coming back to Boston. It was like 15 degrees, 10 degrees outside. It was fucking brick. Did oh I have that same shit in LA? Because we, oh ran, we ran these interviews God. out in LA. Bro, what? And I, I ran one with like one of the head marketers at Stars, like from Power. Oh, shit. And bro, I was like ripped up, dude. It was so warm. Then I got back here. It was ridiculous. Brick. Ridiculous, bro. And I was like, yo, see here, like feeling the, the cold and then going home, and you got to restart because you have to like just find yourself again. It took me a while to get out of that. So when I when I got out of it, I was like, yo, I'm telling everybody that's like trying to get something done, yo, maintain your mental because that's the most important part. Because if you don't have that, you don't got shit. Nothing. That's a figgity. Nothing. Oh, right. you hurt. All right, hey, listen, this is how we start and end the episode. You ready? Okay. You say, hey, I'm Ricky Felix from Van Buren, if you want. And this is my golden hour. Directly after, no break. Hi, I'm Ricky Felix from Van Buren. And that was my golden hour. So it's this is, then it's that was. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Hey, I'm Ricky Felix, and this is my golden hour. Hey. I'm Ricky Felix, representing Van Buren Records, and that was my golden hour. Well executed. Well I feel like people are starting to catch on. They start yeah. to get it, don't you? That's the big challenge. Yeah. Well, I think it was you telling me this, is, this was that helped.